Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of I'm Blake Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the B2B Marketers in the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'm thrilled to have a guest on the show who is an experienced B2B marketing professional whose expertise focuses on, on positioning, branding, and launching products for strong revenue growth. He also has a successful track record of developing game-changing go-to-marketplace that result in dominant market position. So, Mr. Steve Brown, welcome to the show, sir. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Steve, um, it's really a pleasure to have you on. And, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the previous conversations that we had. So I'm really looking forward to diving in here today. Um, look, you, you know, you've, you've built up a successful career and, you know, your expertise is focusing. You have many areas of expertise, but I, I would say one of them that, that you've really focused on tends to be one that gets overlooked in B2B more often than not, and that's brand storytelling. So walk us through what you believe brand storytelling is and isn't. Ah, okay. Well, I, as I've evolved in my career from engineering into marketing uh, on the product side and now in the corporate side, really brand storytelling has been part of what I've done all along because it's the answer for why. Why are we doing this product? Why are we creating these capabilities? And now why is this company valuable? And so it's, it's about, uh, you know, market conditioning, because uh, as we all know, marketing is, is its main aim is to reduce the cost of sales, to increase the awareness of and, and, and opportunities for sales, to reduce the time to, of a sale, in, and to increase the predictability of a lead to reach a successful sale conclusion. And so, you know, all of that branding is about giving giving people the information they need to have a more efficient sales cycle. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it's so important to like bring that up about like, you know, the, the why, right? I mean, like a lot of people are focusing on the what and the how, but it's the why that usually sometimes, uh, you know, tends to get overlooked. Um, I think you're going to have a field day with this next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, there's so many B2B companies out there, um, you know, that are getting it wrong when it comes to storytelling. So just from your experience, uh, tell us about some of the most common mistakes you've seen and what can be done to address these mistakes. Oh, that's a fun question. The, yeah, the, the <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in technology and, and I don't, I don't know about all categories of B2B companies, but uh, in technology marketing, there's a lot of, people like myself who are uh, essentially a recovering engineer, someone who has been, has an engineering background and now is, is in a marketing role. And so there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of learning to do in, in developing the why in, in, you know, envisioning uh, what is important to customers and to anticipate the needs of the sales cycle, like I mentioned earlier, you know, that not, not everybody comes with all of those experiences. And so, um, you know, we're, we're starting from a product awareness is the kind of the common background and then trying to expand our 
skill set to understand those other objectives and and the impact of of marketing messages and and uh, activities in that sales cycle. And so, you know, that's that's the common mistake. I, I've seen projects that uh, where they don't develop the messaging until they're trying to put the press release together, and uh, you know that's oh, a oh tough, no. that's that's a tough time to uh, yeah. try and figure out what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I almost have the belief now that when you start a project and you fund an R&D team is when you really should have the messaging for what the go-to-market is. And, and maybe it evolves because you learn some things along the, the technology development pathway, but, but uh, you know, that the why is from the very beginning. Why, why invest is, is, should be aligned with why the customer is going to care about this product in the future. So, then um, I think with this pandemic, the other challenge companies have is really brought to light in stark contrast, which is that they they may not be as disciplined about who the decision makers are in the buying process. And um, so they're not aiming their marketing messages at the right people. And uh, uh, I, I was involved once in a company that went from a technical sale. Well, it was at the uh, the internet implosion of 2001. And up to that point, we were making technology-based sales. We were selling to engineers. And then they just went to the finance guy to get money. And it was a done deal. But when the, uh, the dot-com dot bomb happened, um, everything changed and the buying decision became purely financial. The CFO suddenly had control and we had to completely change our brand, our storytelling, our product positioning, our corporate messaging and, and our sales process to accommodate that. Fortunately, we did that well, but uh, that that's an example of one of the challenges that, that I see pretty commonly in the industry. No, you brought up some really great points there, and I think um, I, I think they're all extremely relevant to um, not just to the current situation, but even moving forward. I think, like you know, if, if I'm understood correctly, what you've been saying in the past couple of minutes is that um, the the marketing and and the brand storytelling, respectively, um, needs to evolve because of the changing dynamics within the market, right? Like, I mean, uh, the 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 customer ecosystem has changed the way that people conduct business has changed. And therefore that needs to be reflected in, in, in um, aspects, different aspects of marketing and the brand storytelling as well. Am I right to say that? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and, and uh, again, because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we don't have in-person events anymore. A lot of, right. a lot of B2B markets had an anchor marketing event where they would, you know, mix with their customers, either with booth or with, you know, seminars or things where they got FaceTime and, and discovered people. And that's not happening now. And not that events are the only way people did branding or marketing, but it's just an example of how dramatically things have shifted and how, you know, the marketing approach obviously has to change. But but the way people absorb marketing messages changes because of that physicality as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 just to add on to what you've been uh, what you've been saying, um, what what do you what do you think it is, uh, Steve? Like, why 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 have a lot of B two B companies, at least in the past, um, 
not given brand storytelling the attention that it deserves? Is it because most B2B companies are very sales driven and they don't think about that aspect of it? Yeah, boy, you, you mixed a couple things together there, not inappropriately, but the, yeah. the, it's a great question. You yeah. know, the mark, the marketing mix is <laughs> is the fundamental question, and there's no mm. there's no one answer. There's no B two B answer for that, unfortunately, mm. because it's everyone is very situational. But yeah, uh, but in general, you know, in a general sense, you do have to think about all of the aspects of your company's position, and I think. Uh, you know, a lot of people do that well. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's a total failure across the industry, but, but the, you know, the the the, the sophisticated understanding of how the salespeople are encountering customer, right? I mean, we're we're doing marketing, not just to measure brand awareness. We're we're in business, and the brand awareness has some impact on on the sales process and the sales experience for the customer and for the sales team. And, and, and the other audience, of course, is investors and, and uh, that whole market uh, it has its own dynamics. And so, yes. um, you know, and there are other constituents that, that you're also marketing to with your brand efforts. And so it depends mm-hmm. on whether you're marketing for partnerships or whether you're marketing for, uh, investors, or whether you're marketing for customers and sales leads and 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 sales processes, uh, how you put emphasis on not only messages in the brand story, but also the uh, uh, marketing assets and the and the, the location where you place those uh, assets. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, talk to us about the key components and you know you've brought you brought up a few of them already but like um you know talk to us about the key uh, the the key components that b2b organizations have to consider um when they think about their brand story and um how important do you think uh, target personas and an understanding of the buyer's journey is to this process ah uh, so uh good question and um ignoring the you know contextual things we just discussed uh, when you're developing, when I'd sit down personally to develop a, a new storyline and messages for some campaign, I'm I'm thinking about where is my audience? What what are the where where are they coming from? It's kind of like when you're taught to give a presentation. You're the way you think about a presentation is you know who is in your audience, what is their psychology mentality today and where do you want them to get to and and therefore the presentation's job is to move them from a to b and that's the same thing with brand storytelling is you're identifying a persona who have a common story about you and you're evolving their story by giving them some information some reasons for them to think about or something attractive about your story that you want them to add to what their understanding is and that that's that's the whole way that i think about it is is uh, is where they're coming from and and w- what it takes to convince them to to internalize a new story and that's the key they're internalizing it's not me just pitching, pitching, pitching. I have to reach them where they're willing to evolve their story. Yeah, and no, all those are definitely some great points. And, um, you know, just adding on to that, and I, I, I believe you're, you're, you're probably familiar with the book. Um, so it's, a, it's, it's the, the book's called um, Story Brand by Donald Miller, right? 
And so he um, he breaks that down, and this is applicable not just in B two B. It's it's uh, it's applicable for consumer based brands as well. But um, basically, the way that he breaks it down is um, that the way that you tell your brand story, there's uh, generally seven steps, and these are these are steps that are taken from any uh, religious or mythological text. Right. And I think Professor Joseph Campbell, I wouldn't say he discovered it, but he he gave it a label. Let's put it that way. Right. So basically, it's the the character of the hero has a problem, meets a guide who gives him a plan, prompts him to take action, which helps him to avoid failure and leads him to success. So um, just bringing that back to what you were saying um, before and also something that you said in, a, in our previous conversation, which I think is so important. Um, I, I would say it's important for brands to make it also about the customer, right? It's, it's, um, I, I, I think it's, it's something you said before. It's um, they can't just keep going on about like them, the company and the product, and they've got to make it about the customers and, and, and yes. make, put that, put them in the, uh, put them in the limelight, I think is well what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. You know, uh, one of the first things I started to do when I began my most recent role was, uh, we began producing social videos. That is what we call them. They're short little, short little product videos. And even though I'm in executive communications at the corporate level, um, one of my objectives is to waterfall those messages and, and good, uh, crisp messaging and storytelling into the products. And so I created a, a template of what the story arc is in these, these videos. And basically every video follows the same story arc, the same timing. And, right. and uh, I just sit down, I can whip one out in about two minutes because mm. it's the same, you know, it's that hero's journey <laughs> encoded in these, in these steps in this video. And uh, you know, you just capture some messages and then you create copy to reflect those messages and it's about them and what their challenges and what they need and then what they get. And then, Hey, Cadence, you know, so it's, uh, um, very much. So I love Joseph Campbell. I, I was enamored by his, uh, yeah. insights and, and I, I hadn't actually heard of that book. So I'm looking forward to re <laughs> yeah. reading it because it, yeah. I love that kind of stuff and I'll, I'll share it with my, my, network yeah yeah please please do give it a read i mean i i'd highly recommend it um no but it's interesting uh you know that you brought up this um about the uh, social videos so how, how have those been doing so far like I, I mean like how long have you been um pr producing that type of content for your con uh, for your company uh that particular uh asset we've been building for just over a year and okay. uh it's gaining momentum as the mm. um you know in the beginning i was doing it um on my own volition and sure. And then people would start to use them. And now they're uh, kind of a cornerstone of our campaign planning. And so mm. there's much more uh, demand for them this year. And, yeah. and uh, okay. that, that's great. Thank goodness I can create them quickly. Because, yeah. But, I mean, our video team has to do all the work. I'm just mm -hmm. writing the story. So it's, uh, right. but it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, we created a discipline and then we have all these examples we can show people to how to think about their product. And it is also, you know, it's a way that I'm also helping the company capture their messages, right? If you right. can do a video, then you can sit down and do the rest of the messaging work that you need for the press release and, you know, the other, other parts of the storytelling. 
That's absolutely right. And just to add on to that point, I think you're also producing um, content that's extremely relevant because you know a lot. Um, everybody these days tends to like um, be more receptive to video content, and uh, you're also doing it in um, I dare say digestible uh, sound bites, right? That's exactly right. It's it's mm -hmm. like. The videos, my goal is to have them be under 60 seconds. Uh, wow. You know, thir okay. 30, 30 would be a very efficient story. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. But but 60 still, if it's compelling and done well, then 60 seconds is, is workable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of video, another thing we've done is, you know, this is not new, but we've just increased the emphasis because of our, the pandemic. And we, we've create started creating a series of what we call talking heads videos and these are like executive spokesperson talking right. about you know basically again it's the same mm -hmm. customer story but yeah. it's a, it's about the product and what what it does for the customer and yeah. and but it's told by an executive so they're they're lending their credibility yeah. to to the story as well so it's a different it's a slightly different mix it's uh, even though it's a little bit about the customer it's really more about the the executive's credibility mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and you know the talking head format that's one that tends to be used by a lot of people that are um, organizing webinars or you know um, airing these they, they, these videos, they, you know, they're called pre-selling devices and whatnot, right? On, um, mm -hmm. on social media platforms. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, right. Uh, Steve, I promise you, we're not going to talk about COVID. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the <laughs> pandemic, but um, you, you did bring up a couple of points and I just want to jam on that a little bit further. It's about like some of the things that you've seen in the landscape um, that have changed in the past 12 months as a result of everything that's transpired. So, how do you think these changes influence the way that B2B companies uh, develop and or adjust their brand story? I think the biggest change is the, the breakdown of the, the human interaction, that the natural human interaction that people could experience by a salesperson showing up at your company for meetings or, or again, meeting at events or uh, other, other mechanisms for people to interact and communicate in a more natural way. So now the, the, the way that our target audiences internalizing their stories is primarily through the internet or through planned meetings. And that puts a lot more pressure on the story being engaging and being relevant to them and their persona and adding value. And also there's, you know, it's not new to the pandemic, but there's just so much noise out there. So how do you cut through the noise uh, and, and be something that they actually care to spend time looking at? In a way, the, the digital marketing and the persona-based uh, approach is improving our awareness of this and, and a mechanism to deal with it. But it, it's, you know, I don't know the statistics of how B2B companies are adopting digital marketing and how well that's going, but uh, it's, it is the work that, that I think is now putting much more pressure on, on uh, companies to, to improve their storytelling because of the, the change in the way people are available. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, uh, 
I, I did read a couple of like uh, reports um, from the uh, Content Marketing Institute. I don't remember the exact statistics, but they did. Um, it was something in the range of seventy to eighty percent that um, that have um, adjusted their messaging and their content plans as a result of the pandemic. Is is what I was reading, um, but something that you brought up, which I thought was really important to like um, repeat again, was. Um, this whole uh, challenge that B two B organizations have when it comes to brand storytelling is, um, I guess you could say, you could call it like the signal versus the noise, and um, <laughs> it's it's the whole it's the whole uh, attempt to be or, or to sound more authentic versus uh, sounding too corporate and cold. Am I right to say that? I think that's very much part of what I was expressing in the last uh, part last section. There mm-hmm. is is that um, it's kind of like whether you're talking about yourself or you're talking about a story that is about the audience and their experience and their challenges, their anxieties and their desired solutions, you know, there's, I think that's the main difference in something that feels cold versus something that's engaging. If, if you're telling a story about what your audience is experiencing, you can even, you don't even have to be brilliant at telling that story. If, if it's, if it's really on on the target, that's when people react, and I think um, that's where all of the work needs to be: is really understanding what people's needs are and what their what their carebouts are, the way they what their expectations are for what the solutions might be, right? And yeah. that's you're, that's what you're tapping into with mm. a good story, and and uh, whether it's Joseph Campbell architecture or yeah. something, some modification of that is not as important mm. as really, you know, connecting with the audience. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Those are some pretty great insights. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. All right, Steve, um, take out your uh, crystal ball for a second here. Um, and let's let's look... Um, Let's let's just look two to three years, um, you know, into the future. Um, you know, what would you say are your top predictions um, for storytelling and B two B? Like, where is it? Where is it going to go from here? I think that number one, video is going to be king. You know, video storytelling had already been effective, and with uh, with the changes from in our in our work culture and workplace. Uh, video is is the way is the mo- going to be the most powerful tool. We we get seventy percent of our information visually, right, and only about twenty percent is by reading or listening. <clears throat> and so the video is videos that convey the right stories are going to be the the most engaging content. Now, where the video is and and its format is, there's going to be lots of flair you know i mean who knew that video yeah. games would be an effective uh, marketing <laughs> mechanism right but but yeah. it, but it's a form of video that's very engaging so there you go mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so you know it, we, we we probably will see 
virtual reality and all those things start to play play an interesting role, but mm-hmm. only once we have consoles. But in the short term, <laughs> I'm only I'm only predicting that videos on our devices mm-hmm. are going to be important, right? And and the yeah. mobile experience of video mm-hmm. is where where that's going to make a difference. Right. Um, and you know, from my my perspective, also as a, in executive comms, I think I think there's also going to be a more integrated approach towards uh, the communication marketing plan from the executive voice through um, the asset creation and the and the promotion of those assets and events and and messages um, <clears throat> because that's that's going to be much much more important than than before in uh, defining a brand and, and getting the story out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the moral of the story, I guess, is, uh, Steve, that um, people are going to have to get a little bit more comfortable being in front of a camera. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and um, at, at least from what I've been seeing, and uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, um, it doesn't even have to be that overly produced either. In fact, it's, it's, you know, it's going back to that whole um, authenticity aspect of it, right? You know, it's it is about a good microphone and a mm. good a good light. Yes, and uh, there is a certain performance in it, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be unnatural to be effective. I agree with you completely. Right. Okay. So, you you know we've we've talked about um, what what B two B companies are getting wrong when it comes to storytelling. Um, the key components that uh, you need to consider when you're trying to tell your brand story successfully. So once you've got that brand story um, developed, um, how do you build alignment within the organization in order to tell that brand story um, effectively? So it doesn't just become something that uh, marketing and branding, uh, you know, are taking care of or, in, or responsible for. Uh, that's a really good question. And I think it kind of depends. <laughs> it kind of depends on where the story is coming from. Like if if the story is something that's like created by the let's let's just say the marketing team. Okay. So the so the marketing team is tasked with doing some marketing activity around right. brand or whatever. Hmm. And if, if they're coming up with the stories, then it's uh, you know, it, it's an, a selling up process because the first, the first group of people you have to win over is the executive management team. They are, they, they have to embrace it. They have to like it. It, it, it has to be even fun for them, you know, to really be a, uh, an effective story. But, you know, in my experience, a lot of the stories actually come from the executives. One of the executives, it's either their area or it's the top, you know, executive CEO or president, and they have something they want to get out. And and so what what you may be doing then is creating a story to convey their their messages. And so it's it's uh, it's it's really that that relationship with the executive sponsor that is the most important. That's like 90 percent of the. Uh, the work of getting alignment because then it's a internal communication uh, and influence process. And, you know, in, in a tech company, the top executive has the executive management team and they have their meetings and negotiations to, to get aligned and to, to support things like this. But oftentimes uh, it's important to reach past them to their teams and to, to have, one-on-one relationships with them to um, first of all, get the real story, get data and, and uh, to support the, the stories that you want to tell. Uh, and then 
that relationship also is part of influencing them with what the story arc is. So it's there's no simple answer <clears throat> to that internally. But when I was thinking about this ahead of time, I was reminded of a recent example of of getting the the word out and building alignment. Pat Gelsinger just rejoined mm-hmm. Intel as the CEO. Right. And within a day, he had published externally a document, the top four priorities for employees. So talk about building alignment. He published to the world what he wants his employees to be focused on. And yeah. that is a great way to jar awake the employee. When your CEO publishes something outside the company, uh, it's very difficult to not take it seriously. Yeah. And yeah. really to ask why. If you don't understand, then you have an opportunity to ask why and to dig in. Yeah. No, that's a that, that's a really great example. Um, another example I was thinking about, um, especially pertaining to this question, is it almost feels like it's, um, you, you kind of have to think about like uh, an orchestra right? Because, you know, you've got all these different musicians that need to play the respective pieces, and there's a conductor that leads the entire group. But, yeah, but um, they they do that off a musical score, right? So, yeah, there's that there's that piece of it as well. And all of that somehow needs to function like a, well, you know, use whatever comparison you want, like a well-oiled machine, <laughs> like, or it just, or it just needs to sound like it's, it, it harmonizes, right? So that's almost, I, I would, I would even dare say that it, it's almost similar to like, um, you know, telling that brand story effectively. Back to your point, right? So, well, it's a, that's that's a really good, really good analogy. I, we, you know, we rolled out a new strategy a few years ago, and and mm. uh, one of the first things we did was we put together an internal campaign to yeah. educate. The, the employee community and measure their uh, retention and buy-in and engagement mm-hmm. in that. But the the main thing we focused on was explaining what's in it for them, right? Yes. What's in it for an employee to buy into this story, this strategy, this this uh, this message, and mm-hmm. and so that's that's really important in building alignment. You can't just communicate; it has to, there has to be a, a reason explained why why people should care about something. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you there. Totally agree with you. Um, so this is one of my uh, the favorite parts um, of the interviews that I have with uh, with guests. And, um, you know, it comes to that part where we talk about commonly held beliefs in your area of expertise. And, you know, we, we all have them, right? So when it comes to storytelling for B2B, talk to us about one commonly held belief that's out there that you strongly disagree with and why. You know, I, I probably took this in a different direction than than, no, than you ahead. were anticipating. Yeah. But right. but one of the commonly held beliefs is uh, that we have to tell the perfect story. Mm. And I I evolved that idea into it's very difficult for companies and employees to deal with failure. And and failure is a very strong word. But essentially, if you put something together and it has some in in you know, incorrectness or inefficiency in the story right. or the mechanism, then it's, it's, you know, it's a failure to have that perfect, but, mm. but the enemy of the enemy of good is perfectionism. And, yes. uh, and so, you know, there's, I, I think one of the main 
the, the commonly held belief is that there's a perfect story or there's a perfect uh, message. Yes, mm-hmm. the ideal is that there's a persona and you need to speak to them in, in what they need, blah, 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 all the things we discussed. But you never know that perfectly. You never, you never really know it perfectly. You may have lots of data or you may think that you can get lots of data and, and have it just magically be perfect or work on it really hard and think really hard and have it be perfect and not fail. But actually, it's more damaging if you're trying to avoid failure. And I think that the, the evolution of, of storytelling by moving quickly and getting people involved in uh, working a story and getting it out, I think that that process brings the best out of people and they, everybody is contributing to making the story better. And, and then you, you have to just monitor and, and you know, watch what's happening and get feedback and, and, and adapt. So I'm not sure if that's exactly what you were looking for, but, but it is uh, one of the challenges I see a lot, you know, the, the desire for the perfect message, the perfect story. Yeah. yeah. No, that was, um, that was a really great point. And, uh, you, you know, uh, this is one of those questions where it can, it can go in any direction, really. Um, but I think um, something that you brought up, which really struck a chord with me, is that um, developing a brand story uh, for an organization, um, it's, a, it's a continuously iterative process. It's not something that, you, you know, it's, it's one and done and you, know, you, you develop it and then you just forget about it, right? It's, uh, it's constantly evolving, right? It's a, it's a, um, to, use that, to use that 80s term, it's a never-ending story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so leading on with that, um, talk to us about one thing that you think people should start and one thing people should stop doing when it comes to storytelling for B2B. Okay. Well, I, I touched on it in a different way earlier. And that is, I think the thing to start doing is find a way to tell your story in 30 seconds, whether it's a, uh, a video or, you know, a written something that people read in 30 seconds, uh, you know, whatever, tell it in 30 seconds because you cut away all of the distraction in order to get it in, into a 30 second. It's not easy. Not easy. It's not easy, but, no. but it's the, it is the work of a good story and good messaging. Mm. And, and conversely, um, <laughs> the thing that I, I encourage people to stop doing is stop proceeding with marketing campaign planning and asset creation before you know what your story is. Um, you know, I, I mentioned uh, seeing some projects where the, the messaging doesn't come together until you put together the press release. And that's just a huge red flag. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's such a, it's, it's not only, a poor practice, but you actually don't get the most out of your marketing campaign when you do it that way. You can't, you don't get the multiplicative effect of a multi-dimensional marketing team when you're only really focused on producing the press release. That's essentially what that is. Well, that's absolutely right. And I think um, to your point, if you, if you end up doing it that way, um, what, what usually uh, ends up happening is that um, you start firefighting, right? And then it gets to the point where it's a little bit too late to start like tweaking the story. Well, and, and yeah, and you get that, you get that one day when the press release comes out to mm-hmm. have everybody's attention. Uh, 
yeah. and to have all these other assets that that reach them and and go mm-hmm. past the press release and and uh, you know it's it's your that's your day and after that it's it, it's diminishing returns it's not that's right oh it's not over it's just you missed the window right right that's absolutely right Steve I mean, you, you know, you, you gave us uh, so much valuable advice. There were so many insights here that were, um, you know, worth their weight in gold. So please do us the honor and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I mentioned in the beginning, I'm, I'm a trained engineer that moved into management and then marketing. Mm-hmm. And actually, most of my career now has been in, in marketing. And, and I've had the great pleasure of launching new products all the way mm-hmm. along. Uh, it, it seemed to be the thing that was most interesting to me. And I, early on, I discovered crossing the chasm and, and I just love the, the uh, artistry of, of that whole discipline and, and right. the messaging and storytelling that goes with it. And uh, uh, I love storytelling. It's been something that's been part of my life since, you know, I was a small boy and, mm-hmm. and, uh, the one wish I have is that I could play the guitar, you know, just to be really, uh, <laughs> open. It's like, I can't play the guitar. I wish I could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this is probably not going to make you feel better, but I, I used to have piano lessons when I was a kid and I, I, I can't get past Dory me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But um, no, Steve, thank you so much. This has been such a great session. And, you know, thanks for coming on and, and, and sharing your experience and expertise. Um, what's the best way for people out there to connect with you? Well, I do uh, like connecting with people. I uh, use primarily LinkedIn. My mm-hmm. ID is Steve BR. And uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn that way. My my name is way too common to just search by Steve Brown. Right. Um, I also have a blog that I've been writing about executive comms, uh, um, which uh, the website is way too long to read here, but you can mm-hmm. find one of my posts on on my LinkedIn account. Perfect. Perfect. Steve, once again, this has been such an incredibly informative session. Thanks again for your time. So take Thank- care, stay safe, and talk to you soon. Thank you. You too. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.